It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm heavy on the uh, Eagles today with our man, Elliot Sherparks. How you doing, Elliot? Hey, what's going on? How you guys doing? Good, doing great, Elliot. It's all good, man. So what an awesome night last night, man. You don't see historic stuff like that often, so it was cool to get to see that. Hold on, what, what does that mean? Huh? Sarcasm from Elliot. In what regard? No, the, the JT Romuto cycle. Right? <laughs> I'm guessing that's what everybody's talking about today. Elliot's right? the that number really one cool. Jokic hater yeah. left in Philadelphia. <laughs> well, you should respect you should respect him, Elliot. I mean, he did it. Joel didn't. Greek Freak didn't this year. No one else did this year. Yeah. Jokic was the guy this year that led his team to the title. Yeah, he's also the the guy that got handed probably the easiest path to a title we might ever see again in the NBA, true. and maybe ever when you consider the play-in tournament. So I think both things can be true. The Sixers could use this as motivation. I hope Joel uses it as motivation. And the Sixers probably should have beaten the Celtics in Game 6. That's true. But I don't think this means the Nuggets are way better. They are, they're winners, and the Sixers are losers, and Jokic is way better than Embiid. I think that's an overreaction them getting to play bad teams the entire path to, to their title. Well, I will say this. I think you simplify it a little too much, but I do derive, and have said this today, Elliot, hope as a Sixers fan for the Sixers' chances in the next two to three years after seeing the Nuggets just win because I don't think the Nuggets are much better than the Sixers. I really don't. Yeah, I don't even know if they're definitely better. I mean, they look, they were a very good team all year, and they, they are a team that deserves the ring in that regard. They were very good in the regular season. They were the number one seed. But to your point, if you look at the, the Nuggets over the last few years, they've had a ton of playoff disappointment. They've been swept. They've been, you know, knocked out in the first round. Jokic got thrown out of an elimination game. And, you know, if Denver you know, could have sat there and, and gone, yep, these guys are never going to get done. They're losers. Yeah. They don't have it. A yeah. lot of what Sixers fans have been saying. But they didn't. They stuck with them. And I think that one thing Denver has had that Joel definitely hasn't had, but certainly the Sixers haven't had, is continuity. He's had Jamal Murray as his number two teammate for a bunch of years. He's had the same head coach. He's had a lot of the same supporting cast. I know we take this out on the Sixers, you know, the, the, uh, the Hawks series and all these things, but this core, right, this Maxi Harden, Embiid core has had two shots and really only one shot if you consider 
that the year they got hard, and it's always hard to integrate a star that, that late into the postseason. So that would be my message to Sixers fans this morning, that, yes, it is frustrating to watch Jokic win a fake ring that no one really cares about, but I think over time, if you give the Sixers more opportunities like the Nuggets got, they will break through. So, Elliot, do you value that continuity that you speak of so much that you'd rather have James Harden here in Philadelphia than Bradley Beal? Well, I think it can be both. And I think, it, I think there's a chance it will be both. If you look at how they get it done, Harden, you just sign. And you go over, you know, the luxury tax, whatever it is. You bring him in and you, you use, use that extra cap space. I think Bradley Beal for Tobias Harris is a deal that could definitely get done. If you look at Bradley Beal's contract, it's maybe one of the worst in the entire NBA right now. Or you look at four years out, he's been making $57 million. He's probably regressing as a player overall. And he has a full no-trade clause. So I heard you say this earlier where – he can dictate where he goes. That's the case even if you don't have a no-trade clause. But when you have that, yeah. you have even more power in the situation. Tobias Harris is, is a big-money, expiring contract. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it could be both. And I think you know we could debate if the fit would work, but I don't think it has to be one or the other. Elliot Short Parks with us here. Elliot, let's, let's do a lot on the Eagles. Uh, they, they, they break from OTAs. Obviously, they got about six weeks off. Training camp announced now July 25th when they'll reconvene. Let's start on this with, with the offseason. They, of course, were going to have a challenge knowing they were going to lose defensive players. Mm-hmm. To what extent do you think Howie Roseman did a good job, a great job, or not a good job in trying to replenish the defense in light of some of the lumber they lost defensively? They put a lot into it with the draft. We knew the offense was going to be great. It should be. How do you think Howie did this offseason with the defense? I think he, he did a really good job. There's no question that at safety they have some players that need to prove things. And at linebacker, with the loss of their, you know, T.J. Edwards and Kaiser White, they're not as good there. But I also think we forget the fact that at a certain point last season, it looked like maybe Darius Slay and James Bradbury were going to be gone. He brought both of those back. So they returned arguably the best cornerback trio in the NFL. And then on the defensive line, they lose Javon Hargrave. Jalen Carter, we'll see. But, I, I, you know, I think probably 32 out of 32 teams would take Jalen Carter over Javon Hargrave when you take into account uh, his salary, his upside, and what he already – his skill level already. So you could argue maybe that's an upgrade, at least maybe not right away, but maybe at some point this season. And then I really think Nolan Smith is going to be a massive upgrade for them. Last year, they didn't really have a fourth edge rusher. It was Robert Quinn. It was Derek Barnett. It was, you know, a cycling group of guys. This year, I think Nolan Smith is going to come in, and maybe he'll end up getting more than the number four defensive end snaps, but I think he will be a considerable upgrade. So there's a chance that their pass rush is going to be better than it was last year, and we all know how great it was last year. They're going to need safeties uh, to step up. I like the Edmonds signing. We'll see if Blankenship can do it at a full time. But I don't look at this defense and go, you know, they're, they're so short of talent, they're going to take a step back. I, I think losing the coordinator matters and the opponents matter. But from a skill perspective, I don't think they've taken a massive step back uh, whatsoever. All right, Elliot, before the next question to you, John, i got to ask you a follow-up to what Elliot just said. Do you agree with him there that Javon Hargrave, let's say he's got his head screwed on straight, at a cheaper salary. Jalen Carter. Yeah, I'm sorry. Jalen uh, Carter. Yeah, yeah, Jalen Carter. Head screwed on straight at a cheaper salary can be more valuable and therefore better than Javon Hargrave, who just got paid $80 million, <laughs> and many people thought it was the third best free agent in the entire marketplace. Do you buy that, John? I no, I, I don't either. I can't. I mean, it's not yet. impossible. But, Elliot, not to but say it's, it's not going to happen. It just but, seems far fetched this early. Well, Javon Hargrave but, 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 got but, paid like one. I mean, a top three D tackle. I mean, every in once in a while, a rookie comes in this and dominates. Not, Javon Curse did twenty years ago with the Titans, but yeah. the chances that you know that Jalen Carter comes in and dominates 
the way Javon Hargrave just did, I find that hard to believe. So Javon Hargrave was very good last year, and he got paid like it. But Javon Hargrave also played on a very good defensive line with a ton of talent around him. I think that's part of it. So I think Jalen Carter is set up to succeed to come mm. in here. And he has to prove it. He's a rookie. Yes. You were right about that. But I also think to what, you know, the point I was trying to make was 32 out of 32 GMs, to me, would take Jalen Carter because of his age and because of his upside and because of his salary. Like, I think mm. Jalen Carter at his salary is a better use of, of resources than Javon Hargrave at what team making almost $20 million a year. We saw Hargrave. He was very good last year. I, was he, you know, was he even like the second or third best lineman on there? Hassan Reddick was really good. Josh Sweat was really good. Uh, Fletcher Cox, I thought was really good rushing the passer. So I do think it's possible they can replace that production they got from Javon uh, from Javon uh, Hargrave so, next year. Uh, offensively speaking, I, I think we got some fishy posturing from Nick Sirianni <laughs> on Quez Watkins <laughs> last week. Who? Yeah, he's, which he's a superstar. Receiver ran with the starters. The last day of OTAs. So a couple things on that. One, the last day of OTAs, not a lot of guys were there, okay. to be completely honest. So I don't know if it was a really good look okay. as to, you know. But the, the first day of OTAs, we were there when uh, A.J. Brown was there. Quez was there. Quez was clearly uh, ahead of uh, OZ, uh, as Sirianni calls him, um, on mm. the depth chart. So I do think Quez is ahead of him. But to your thing about posturing, there was any other head coach – I would agree with you to go up there and say Quez has had a great off season and we still we really believe in him and all those things. I would agree that most head coaches or even GMs would go, yeah, they're trying to trade him and they're hyping up his value. But I think that's just who Sirianni is. I think he's very aware of the fact that Quez knows he's been under a lot of criticism this off season and fans were really you know disappointed with how he played last year. And frankly, Quez was disappointed. He said that at his locker after the season ended. He himself said, which I don't think I've ever heard a player say, he took a step back last year. So I think Sirianni, one of his strengths is being in tune with his players, knowing what they need to hear, really getting that kind of emotional intelligence, to, mm. to quote Jeffrey Lurie, side of, of the business. So I don't think that was him up there saying, oh, maybe we'll get a fifth instead of a sixth for Quez now. I think he knew that Quez wanted to hear that and needed to hear it, mm. and that's what I think it was. Elliot, Miles Sanders took a step forward forward last year until he took a big step back in the postseason his comments about being disappointed to not get more touches in the Super Bowl seems totally delusional to me what's your takeaway from what he said yeah it's interesting because he was their number one running back all year and I thought he had a very good year he did. Uh, and this yeah. year this year we'll find out was he was his production the result of Jalen and the offensive line or did Miles was Miles maybe undervalued by you know this this fan base and the way they're viewing him as, as a completely replaceable piece. So on one hand, I do agree with Miles that it would be frustrating to work all season to be the number one guy all year, and then in the biggest game of the year, a game that he's been you know working for his whole life, to not get the ball. Like I completely understand that on a, on a personal level, but I think Miles also needs to be realistic and know he basically fumbled the ball the first two times he touched it in that game, yep. and that Kenny Gainwell had been playing well. So I think. Both things can be true. Miles can be upset. The Eagles can be correct for how they handled it. But one thing that isn't true is what he said about asking why I'm not here. Yeah. The Eagles were never going to give him $12 million guaranteed. That's just they weren't going to do it. So I think he's in Carolina because of the money. I don't think it's because, you know, the Eagles, like, hated him as a player or anything. I think at the right price they would have brought him back. But Carolina gave him the biggest contract any running back got this offseason, and that's why he's in Carolina. By the way, I'll add this, uh, Elliot. If the Eagles – 
gave Miles the impression during 2022 that he might be back in 2023, I consider that a good job by the Eagles. I mean, you got to yeah. keep a guy motivated, want to be part of the team, want to be part of the organization, playing his best. And if they gave him, a, like, I'm just, I'm just saying, it's like, contract, we, yeah. but guys, I get that, John. But I'm saying, like, we all knew Miles Sanders was gone. We knew that. This is not, it's not breaking news to us. But if this was a shock to him, <laughs> then either, well, either him and his agent like don't well, have their head screwed on straight, or, all, or the Eagles did a pretty damn good job of saying, we're, like, we're, Miles, play it out. Let's see what happens. I Let's don't see what agree. happens. I, I, you could also say that's terrible communication. No, but they the, got the, the best out of them. I, I, yeah, I, I do. But I, I think, I, I think the contract year is. Well, that's the, the biggest thing there. Well, that yeah, I mean, clearly he's. No, I don't think there's, there's no himself. benefit, and there's no benefit into telling Miles midway through the year, yeah, you're probably not back, right? So I think that obviously giving the impression, and I don't think it's a fake impression. They like Miles Sanders as a running back. It showed throughout the years he was here. He mm-hmm. was their clear cut number one running back whenever he was healthy. So they did like him, and so from that regard, yeah, I, I think that was a smart move. But also, I don't think any of us would have sat here at any point last season and said Miles Sanders was, was going to have, I think it's like the seventh or eighth most guaranteed money in the NFL at the running back position. Like, he got paid, I think, way more than, frankly, probably even he thought. So I think that's part of it, too. So uh, who do the coaches like the most at right guard? Well, I think they're definitely going to give Cam Jurgens the first shot. And, and I, while Cam Jurgens is, is undersized, he is, for sure. I, I, one thing I keep coming back to is uh, prior to the draft, and I know when Howie talks, you can certainly take it with you know, a whole salt shaker uh, with these comments, but he talked about how at the offensive line, he likes elite physical traits, and he went through the line. He talked about Mylotta and Lane and Kelsey and Landon Dickerson, and he mentioned Cam Jurgens, and he does have an elite physical trait, which is he is extremely athletic for a right guard. The backup right now is Tyler Steen. I like him as a prospect. I think he was a good pick where they got him. I'm not sure he has an elite physical trait. You could argue maybe his lower body is really strong, but in terms of being, you know, having great size or being a great athlete, he doesn't have that. So I think they want Cam Jurgens to win this job, and, and I do think they like him. So right now I would say he is, he is the heavy favorite and the, the one the coaches want and like the most at that, at that position. Elliot, nice job, bud. Looking forward to training camp, which we now know July 25th, and we'll be talking about it up until then and long after then, then as well. Elliot, great stuff. Thanks, pal. Yep, no problem. Talk to you. All right, man. It's 94.1.